Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. All right, so this month um, has been planned for a while. Um, we like to take the month of August, and we've done this repeatedly. And we tried to talk about, so if our core values are worship, connect, and serve, what does serve look like? What does it look like in the life of this church? How is it manifested in many different ways? And so this month is more of a bring exposure to ministry that's happening out of our church. To help you wrap your mind around a little bit more like, hey, that's what we're about. When we say serve, this is what we do. This is how we do it. This is what we're a part of. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to just look at different ministries in our church. We're going to try to understand them better. We're going to invite you to understand how maybe you can be involved in that. I always like every year that we've done this to take a moment to talk to you about who we are as a church, uh, when, we, when we say we are a Nazarene church. Um, maybe you didn't know this, but the Nazarene church isn't just something in Napoleon. The Nazarene church is, is worldwide. The Nazarene church has always been known for its um, passionate, aggressive, understanding of the Great Commission, to go into all the world. Yes, Jerusalem. Yes, Judea. Yes, Samaria. I joked in the first service that if somebody's here from Archbold, they think they're the Jerusalem, right? It's a joke, right? If you're from Northwest Ohio, you know. Like, um, And then Samaria has got to be defiance, right? It's a joke. Um, some of you might get that later but think about it um but also to the uttermost parts of the earth go and make disciples of all the nations and you locally here are part of something that's global i actually like the word glocal it's not really a word glocal it's taking global and local and mashing it together to try to understand that we believe in serving locally, but then also globally. And so I want to just introduce you maybe to a little bit of what the Church of the Nazarene is about. I want you to understand that when you come and, and you give of your tithes and offerings, when you give of your resources to different things we talk about, when we have people come in and share about missions in the Nazarene church, I want you to grab a hold of what that really is. That yes, over 10 cents of every dollar that comes in, we just pass along. We pass along to global ministry, to missionaries serving around the world, to compassionate ministries where needs are being met, to child sponsorships, to all sorts of ministries, all over the world. We're just a little piece of the puzzle, but we take more than 10 cents of every dollar and we just keep passing it down. And when you have 
you know, 5,000 American churches that are doing that, it's pretty amazing what can happen around the world to advance the gospel. Nazarene Church is a movement of God through the people of God. You know, as, you, as I've shared in, in a membership class, we characterize ourselves as we are Christian, we are holiness, and we are missional. And this is how we see ourselves as a movement of God through the people of God. From the very beginning, the church of the Nazarene has prayerfully sent her people into the world with Christ's transformational love. Today, we are a global missions movement working throughout the world. We believe God is actively redeeming his creation and has called us to partner with him. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Probably none of you remember, but I preached a whole sermon series called Sent based on these, this verse, that we are, as believers, a sent people the minute you are on Christ you are now on mission you are now not only receiving but you are now called to give to share, to love uh, to be on missions the goal of the Nazarene church is to make Christ like, that's the holiness part, disciples in the nations Our purpose of mission is to develop, to pioneer, to develop and resource and make local, interdependent and sustainable Nazarene churches around the world. Our method is centered around three concepts of compassion, of evangelism and of education. We believe that a part of the way that we're sent into the world is through compassionate ministry to try to bring restoration into our world, the brokenness. And so we provide a full range of compassionate ministries that address systemic problems around the world. From natural disaster relief to all sorts of programs to help people that are suffering from Uh, unjust and and dysfunctional systems. We believe that we are called compassionately to go into the world. Amen? We believe this is a way that we're sent to be compassionate. Child development and all sorts of things that we're involved in around the world. We believe, though, that cornerstone, core to all this is evangelism, that the power of Christ's gospel through the witness of the Holy Spirit draws people near, prompting transformation of heart and life. And so we prayerfully send missionaries into new territories where they participate in the movement of the Holy Spirit to bring salvation. Right? It's not not just about being another social program to help make the world a better place. Yes, we want the world to be a better place, but we want to meet the primary need that all human beings have. And that is to be reconciled to God and restored and be given new life in Jesus Christ. And so we send missionaries out to evangelize. To not only fill someone's stomach, but to see them, their heart healed and changed and saved. Amen? That's why we send missionaries out. We also believe in education. That our purpose is fully realized when our churches have the knowledge to thrive 
And so not only are we going to need, not only are we sharing the gospel, but we're sticking around to then educate and help people learn and know how to walk with Christ, but also how to understand how he calls all of us to live in a productive and effective society. Amen? Like, we're not the kind of missionaries that, hey, we run to a country, can we say a prayer with you? Oh, got saved, let's put it down on our little tracker. We can go back and brag about it at some conference. 5,000 people were saved in, in uh, New Zealand. We don't know who they are anymore. We don't even know their names. They just said a prayer somewhere. No, the Nazarene church is saying, listen, we're coming to you to not only see you come to Jesus, but then we're going to come to walk alongside you and be made disciples of one another. We believe that's done through education. And Church of the Nazarene, 30,000 churches worldwide. Membership, 2.6 million members worldwide, all working together with this specific interest to make Christ-like disciples of all the nations. 30,000 people like me. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? 30,000 ministers. Look at the, the last 10 years. There's been over 3,000 new churches. In fact, the amount of churches in the United States and Canada is not first. It's not second. It's actually third. Africa and Eurasia has more Nazarene churches. Our membership has increased over the last 10 years by 500,000 people. And in fact, we're not an American church primarily. We are an international church. Africa actually has 859,000 Nazarene members. Clergy has jumped 5,000 in the last 10 years. Our missionaries, 492 from 63 world, in, uh, world areas, serving in 91 countries. We do all sorts of things. We not only send missionaries, but then we've created mechanisms in our churches, in America specifically, but all over, where then we can come alongside those missionaries that are serving. And we can be groups that show up for a week or two at a time and do a lot of work that would take one person or two people weeks and months to accomplish, a group comes in and does as far as construction. We come in and do all sorts of ministry with them to try to lift it up. We're always doing this. We call these work and witness teams. It's all this DNA of serving, of being sent. So that now we're in 164 world, active world areas in the United States. Why do I say all this? It's to help you understand that part of our serve core value is to realize that the Great Commission is not just for Napoleon or Liberty Center. But we are all called to understand how we can best go into all the world and preach the gospel. And you get to be a part of something that is global in nature. That you don't even realize it, but when you give a dollar, 10 cents is passed on, and you're going to find out in eternity somewhere, like, oh, wow, 
like our 10 cents, this is what it did. Like people are going to come up to you and be like, thanks, man. Like you gave out of your resources and I heard the gospel because of some missionaries. That's just kind of stuff, right? Like this is what's going on and we want you to have an awareness. But there's also another piece that we've started as a church that not only like we give, uh, but we want to give you opportunities to, to take some time to be a part of a global effort, to be a part of a, an effort that stretches beyond Jerusalem and Judea. And so I've asked Riley and Heather to come up and I'm going to talk to them for a few minutes, kind of interview them for you for a few minutes to talk about um, what's happened in Riley's life specifically and out of that how we have kind of developed this ongoing relationship with a certain place. But I just want to remind you and I want you to think about what happens when you allow your heart to be enlarged, to think bigger than just local and how it actually can change your very framework about how you see your role and purpose in this world. And so as most of you know, um, the last two years, or at least two years, we have, uh, we've uh, sent a team to the Dominican Republic, or we've been part of a team that's went to the Dominican Republic. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. I know Heather shared a little bit about that a couple weeks ago. But um, in specific, we have somebody in our congregation, uh, Riley Gerritsen, uh, just graduated from Liberty Center. Any Tigers? And you guys are way worse than first service. I know there's tigers in this service. There's always tigers in these services. Um, but um, uh, as a high schooler, you kind of broaden your whole horizons, right? Country girl from, well, I don't know if you want to be called a country girl, sorry. That might not be what, but, um, you know, Northwest Ohio, you now have spent two summers in the Dominican and uh, I just kind of want you to share, like, what that's looked like, how, how you came about doing it, and what it's, what it's looked like for you the last two summers. Um, so I started out, I went to the Dominican in 2018 and 2019, just for week-long trips. And, I mean, I just fell in love with the place and wanted to be there for longer and to make a bigger impact, um, just for the longer amount of time. So I started looking into internships, and I found out about Freedom Christian School. And so I kind of just signed up. Uh, for like a five-week summer internship, and I got accepted, so then I was like, okay, I'm doing this, and I went down for five weeks um, in 2021, and at that point, uh, like COVID had just gotten over, so they just got back into school, and I got there having no idea what I'd be doing since COVID had kind of put a break on everything, and I ended up serving as a kindergarten English teacher, so I had like 70 students, and four different English classes, which was just difficult because these kids weren't in school for like 18 months. And then they don't speak English because they're kindergartners. So I had to just talk in English and hopefully they figured it out. Um, and then just from that, yeah, we had, so I had four classes in the morning and then in the afternoons, I would assist in the Spanish or math classes that were taught by Dominican teachers. Um, so yeah, Freedom International Ministries is a Christian school that is bilingual, so they just immerse uh, the students in the English language and provide different opportunities for them through that. Uh, then uh, this summer, I served as a first and second grade gym teacher 
and then I also helped with VBS in the afternoons. Uh, gym class just was always crazy and different. Not much of a routine there, but we did like gym, soccer, the basic things. Um, and then one week we did like an Olympic games where they did the 100, the 400 meter. Um, we did like long jump and shot put. And the kids really enjoyed that. We did like a medal ceremony at the end just to help get them involved more. And then um, with VBS, we went out into a different village each week and we did songs in Spanish, we did lessons, and then we did like a craft and game. And we also shared testimonies just to um, like help uh, get the gospel out there to them and show them different examples of how it's worked in people's lives. Uh, it was really cool because in the villages, like that's where my students were from. So I'd get to go and spend more time with my students and they'd be excited to show me their house and their, like meet their parents and you just always get to uh, like deepen that relationship with them through that. Um, and then yeah, after VBS, uh, we would go out, or we would just go back to the um, complex and we'd lesson plan like until dinner or after dinner, there was just always, always prep and planning for the next day. Yeah, so, uh, and you can tell the truth, like you wanted to go for five weeks to get away from mom and dad, right? <laughs> of course. That's how it started. You know, so I, just help them understand, like, the spiritual impact doing something like this has had on your life. Like, because you've done these and you've walked into this, what does that look like for you spiritually? Even going forward, what does that look like for your, just even your life? Um, so spiritually, it had a big impact on my life. Uh, the entire like intern mission statement there is that interns will be immersed in a challenging environment where they will learn to live life standing on God's word. Um, and every day brought its own challenges. I mean, I went there for the first time. I was 16. And the whole first week, I was just completely overwhelmed. I mean, I'm being trusted with the education of these 70 little kindergartners. And so I, I was just overwhelmed. Like, I'd wake up, and I was just like, I can't do this. And it really taught me to learn to live life, stay on God's word, and to trust him through it, like knowing that it couldn't be my own strength, it had to be God's, and like just how much could be accomplished through that, and then going back home, that helped me, like whenever, it just helped me to be prepared for when the hard times came, because I was already able to lean on God's word, so then when hard times did come, I was able to like fully put that and trust God with those situations. Um, I'd say emotionally, it's just really difficult being in the mission field. There's so many challenges and so much brokenness that you see. Um, just students, I mean, I remember when I was in school, I would always look forward to the weekends because it meant like no homework and break from classes and I got to spend time with my family. But I mean, there the kids just dread the weekends because they go home to a place where like you, they get abused and neglected and um, they're just taken away from their safe place where they're loved, which is school. And so, I mean, like Fridays and Mondays would be especially hard because Fridays, they're clingy, they want attention, and they're being stubborn because they don't want to go home. And then Mondays, you just have to put back together those broken pieces of the kids who were just spending a whole weekend at home. Um, I remember even like my last day there this summer, um, the students were just like crying because that was their last day of school too for the summer. And so they're crying because they don't want to go home. They had to be home for like a straight month. And they just didn't want to return back to that place where they weren't able to receive the love that they needed. 
Um, because of these opportunities, just going forward in my life, it kind of shaped my future plans and interests. It gave me a bigger like compassion and empathy for people who um, just are in those situations. Um, right now, I plan on going into school counseling, and like just being in the DR showed me the need um, that students have to be like loved, and just the need that they have in general to have that person to help support them through school. So I plan on doing that, and then that way I'll also have the opportunity to continue doing missions. I mean, this entire opportunity just showed me how much like students need those people and the impact that you can make on missions trips in general because, I mean, like last summer I had a, I um, met this girl named Maria Julia, and she was in first grade. She didn't know Jesus as her savior or anything. And then this summer I was talking to her and asked her like who Jesus was and if she knew him. And she told me the, the entire gospel and that now she was saved. So just seeing the impact that it can have and the relationships that you can make and how that really makes a difference going along. I think that's one thing that um, the hope of this church is, is that we go on these trips absolutely to meet need, to share the gospel. Um, to be used, to be given, to, to take what God has given us and to use it. We also realize that these trips become life changers for us also. That it continues to strengthen and develop the missional impulse of our heart. That as we go and are used, we find incredible joy and purpose and we come home, and we, we want to do that where we're at, too, in a greater way. Um, I've been on a number of missions trips, and I have experienced the fact that I only benefited personally from going. I, I did not like some of the accommodations, right? It's not like home, right, Riley? No. It's uh, hot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's inconvenient. Um, it's uncomfortable. I mean, I... I've done some of that too, and, and if you know me, like, that's a challenge, not having a regular shower, but um, I did shower, but not, you know, um, but like, knowing that even though it was a challenge, my life was stretched and changed because of it, and I continue to come back from those just with a greater awareness of of how compassionate our world, or how much compassion our world needs. And um, I think it's been a game changer for you, hasn't it? Yeah. Are you going to see the, you're not going to see the world the same after those trips, are you? Right, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's our hope for this. Um, so, as part of what we have become uh, accustomed around here to, we are trying to send teams out to different things. Um, in the Dominican Republic, this school in Pacific, this ministry, it's not Nazarene. We don't care. We do Nazarene things. We do anything that's advancing the gospel, right? The Nazarene church, we're involved with them, with uh, ARO and, and uh, other things. But this, this particular ministry, we have just, with the connections that you guys have made, um, we want to create opportunities for you to do this, to experience this and the blessing that God would have for your life. So Heather, can you just talk about uh, why we're doing this again and uh, 
when we're doing it and what, what people should understand about this. It's just a life-changing experience to be able to go down and experience the kinds of things that you'll experience down there. Um, so in 2023, we're planning on taking a team. Um, it'll be June 17th to the 24th. And we are hoping to take um, both children's ministry people and then also a construction team too. Um, in the video and in the things that Riley has shared and we shared a few weeks ago, you didn't really hear much about the construction side of things, but there is always construction opportunities happening at the school. Um, they have built the school from the ground up themselves. Um, they hired Dominican workers to come out and help. Um, so teams, when they come down, they might be pouring concrete, they might be doing wiring, electrical, welding. I mean, there's just a whole wide array of things that um, people can do for construction projects. They're building housing for the missionary families and housing for interns. Um, so we're really excited about the opportunity to be able to go and hopefully be useful in that way too. And the cool thing about construction is if you're like, well, I wanna do construction, but I also wanna you know, be a part of the kids um, ministry, um, you could do construction in the mornings and then in the afternoons go to the villages and do VBS. Or you could do construction full day. If you're like, kids are just not my thing, um, you could do construction the entire day. Um, so yeah, just really neat opportunities. Freedom Christian School is just an incredible campus. Um, they, uh, going, it's just, you don't realize, I mean, the impact is shown in that video, but then there's also the impact of um, getting to know the missionary families and all their children. Um, also, the interns that have given up their summer and their opportunities to make money for the summer um, that would choose to go and do that. Um, the other team members that come from other states across the U.S. Um, that you're sharing bathrooms with and, and living space with. Um, it's just really neat to get to know them. Um, there are about 15 missionary families that live at Freedom full-time and participate in the ministry. And those missionaries, um, it's really cool to see them plugged in and using their God-given talents, gifts, um, and unique abilities to serve. And you've got everything from Domingo, who's the cook, to Gabe, who's the bus mechanic, and Josh and Jason, who are the um, construction leaders, and Tony, who's the principal. And just to see God's faithfulness and how he has gathered up these people and prepared them in the states with their education, their training, their prior jobs um, and passions, and got them down to the Dominican Republic and how he's plugged them in to be able to um, just function as one body. Um, these missionaries, they pour into you as team members when you're down there. You have nightly um, teaching meetings um, where you're growing. You also, the impact of just your own spiritual growth because you've got morning devotions that you have a scheduled time that everybody's doing morning devotions and then you've got the team meetings at night. So it's just a really good time to get away and like recharge, refocus and um, get more grounded into your spiritual Growth. Yeah, so you can see some of the details up there, the cost, um, there's a cost uh, to be there, then there's also airfare, um, then, you know, you're thinking about passports and luggage and meals while traveling, and here's the thing I also would like to mention to you, that uh, NAPNAS covers 15% of the cost, so whatever the cost is, we pay for 15%, we do that in large part because of what we do at the fair. And so I realize that 400 of us are not getting on a plane to DR next summer. I think we could take 100. Okay. We've got housing for 100. <laughs> Boy, that'd be amazing <laughs> if it was 100. But um, most of us, 
will not be able to go. Most of you. Um, but you can be a part of this by signing up for a shift. I think we got 40 spots available uh, for the next week. This is far beyond just more food for the fair. The stand uh, we have joined in large measure because it gives us an opportunity to fund missions trips, to make it easier for people to go. And so if you're always asking yourself, or I hope you're asking yourself, where do I fit into uh, serving the kingdom of God, not only in Jerusalem, Judea, but the uttermost parts of the earth? Most of us are not going to be missionaries. And some of us maybe not even be able to go on trips. But this is a way you can help this week and next by being someone who is willing to work so that others can find it easier to go. And so this is a plug for the food stand also. Kind of worked out very nicely because evidently I understand this is the Sunday, the last Sunday to sign up. Um, And so please think about this. You're part of something way bigger than the Henry County Fair. You're helping fund people going into the uttermost parts of the world to share the gospel of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your kingdom. Thank you for everything that you're doing. That we are connected to something that is missional in nature. And we get to together pool our time, resources, and talents to make a huge impact eternally. Lord, uh, maybe there's some in this, this crowd today that this might be a game changer for them. It's what you want them to do, but it also will just change their lives and growing you closer, them closer to you and helping them to understand their purpose and role. Lord, nudge them, I pray. Show them that this is doable. This is, this is not far-fetched, that this can be done. Lord, all of us, just make us missional people. If it's just even saying, hey, I can't do that one, but yeah, I can sign up for a shift and, and help fund this and, and, and help it uh, go easier and better for those who are going. Lord, thank you for this Sunday. Thank you for this time. Help us to understand we're part of something way bigger than just us. We pray these things, praying that your kingdom would come and your will be done on earth as it is heaven. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 10.30 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.